I can't get over my disappointment at being a girl. Little women, mac and cheese, next. When your weekend's all spent up and you got Monday coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe. I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sister's. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Ow, Joe! I want to be an artist in Rome and be the best painter in the world. That's what you want too, isn't it, Joe? To be a famous writer. Yes, but it sounds so crass when she says it. My girls have a way of getting into mischief. Well, so do I. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe. I intend to make my own way in the world. No one makes their own way. Least of all a woman. You'll need to marry well. You are not married, aren't you? Well, that's because I'm rich. Would you like to dance with me? I can't because I scorched my dress. And Meg told me to keep still so no one would see it. I have an idea of how we can manage. Joe is a lost cause. So you are your family's hope now. I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't something that just happens to a person. I think the poets might disagree. stories Joe. and you you should be an actress and you should have a life on the stage just because my dreams are different than yours doesn't mean they're unimportant i have hey. loved you ever since i've known you joe i couldn't help it it would be a disaster if we it married. wouldn't be a okay. disaster we'd be miserable so, i'd be a perfect saint a new play written by miss joe marsh they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. I want to be great or nothing. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. But I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all of them and it's sick for. I'm so sick of it. Hello, welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies. I'm Scotty Coppage. And she's making a mold of her foot to remind me she has nice feet. Shannon Coppage. I don't have nice feet, and they're definitely not small. And she's on fire, site director of the Kelman House Museum, Nadine McCown. Well, hello, I'm here. We are so glad to have you here, Nadine. Um, as, well, as you are aware, and the rest of our guests are now aware... Uh, we're doing a series on museums in the area and picking movies that kind of go along with that. Do you want to talk about your museum and what y'all are doing? Sure. <clears throat> Depends on how much time you've got, I think. <laughs> I know. It's hard, it's hard to figure all that out. It's yes. Like, can we distill this down? Yes. Um, well, I'm the site director for the Kale House Museum. It's a historic house museum. If you're not familiar with it, it's on the edge of downtown Wichita Falls. Um, it was built in 1909, and um, 
we're currently undergoing restoration, but uh, it tells the stories of um, the Kell family. And if you ever, if you're from Wichita Falls, you, the names Kell and Kemp are generally pretty familiar to you. Um, but this is the Kell house that the street is named after, um, just because um, the Kells and the Kemps are considered founding fathers of Wichita Falls. And so they're really instrumental in growing this area and bringing a lot of industry here. And so that's history that we're trying to preserve and pass on to well, to the next generations. And that's kind of the purpose and mission of, of the Kale House. And along with that, there's education, there's preservation, you know, there's there's all of that. But the it all comes back to the Kale House itself and the family that lived there. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we're Wichita Falls born and bred. And uh, we definitely recognize the, the name Kel. Yes. <laughs> As you stated, it's, uh, it's one of the main roads through town. You know, there's a lot of things named after Kel. I mean, we've even got a coffee shop. Frank we and do. <laughs> named after those same people. Named so, after yes. those same people. We like to sprinkle them just throughout town liberally. Yes. <laughs> and it says, I think that says a lot about their importance and uh, underlying nature to the community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what made you think of Little Women for for our, our movie choice here? Well, um, one of the things when we talk about the Kells is their family. They had seven children. There were six daughters and one son. So you think there's a lot of kids that were in that house um, and a lot of girls. And Little Women is, well, the quintessential girls' story. But you got four sisters that, you know, are kind of you know, highlighting a period in their lives. And to me, that connects really well to the Kell, Kell girls because even though the time period isn't exactly the same, it's pretty close. And so there's, there's a lot of parallels in how they had to approach life and how things influenced their life and what chances they had and what opportunities they had. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then the, the, the time periods didn't quite coincide, but like we were saying earlier, it wasn't so far away. Like things hadn't changed that much. No, things changed a lot more after that, but um, in the early 1900s, yes, Little Women is run around the Civil War, so this is maybe 50 years later or so, um, but a lot of social change hadn't happened yet. This was still before the suffrage, suffrage movement. Women still couldn't vote. Women couldn't put their name to contracts. Uh, you know, They really didn't have a lot of opportunity yet, and the same applied to the girls in Little Women. I mean, they what what their only way to move on in life was to marry well i mean (laughs) even then you kind of lost your like any power any money that you may have had any autonomy over yourself because now it belonged to your husband yes even even your even your children yeah right and and not just marry for yourself but like you got to take on your whole family you have to marry well for your family to be able to live and go into old age. Yes. I mean, that, I think that was one of the things highlighted in the movie. It's like, well, you know, you're going to take on your old decrepit parents. I don't think that was quite the phrase, but, you know, it was something al- along those lines. And you had to think who, who else you have to support. And that was, that was kind of, I don't know, it makes your hair stand up on edge today. Uh, it makes me want to shudder, but, you know, that you kind of had to do the best that you could with what you, you had. And so, mm-hmm. and that was one of the few avenues they did have, unless they had money to begin with. Absolutely. It's uh, interesting. My dad and I were watching some documentary the other day. Where I think it was misrepresentation or something. And it's talking about women, all these things. My dad like makes this, makes these random statements just in general. And uh, like, he's just like, I don't, I just don't understand why women like jewelry. And I was like, well, you realize that women 
up until like pretty recently in our mm-hmm. history, weren't allowed to have bank accounts, couldn't own a home or property or anything like this. Um, anything that they had, like jewelry was one thing that was portable and kind of belonged to them. That was anything of value. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he didn't have a whole lot to say to that. <laughs> I was just like, okay, there's a very practical reason that this began. You know, That's like, where it came from, yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right, well, anyway, enough. I could just go on about that, those type things all day. Those are fun back and forths that my father and I have. <laughs> so, so for today's food, in honor of Little Women, I made homemade bread with a bread machine. Um, I was really intimidated by it, um, but it was really, like, idiot-proof. Shannon just texted me, like, yesterday she was going to be out of town. I got the bread machine down because I was like, I don't even know if he knows where it is. I mean, it's giant, <laughs> and it's in the utility room. He's, I know he's seen it, but I get it down. I'm also, like, getting the yeast down because I'm like, I don't know if he knows. I feel like everything else he can source, but <laughs> send him the recipe, and he's like, uh, so, and I was like, no, just follow it step by step. It'll be okay. The step by step. It says, put knead bar in bread pan over shaft. Twist if needed to slide down all the way. I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> oh my God. I was like at work. And then I was like watching YouTube videos on how to make bread in a bread, <laughs> in a bread machine. machine. I had already it wasn't, like done that. It wasn't saying any of these words that were in this recipe. Um, but when I, I was like, I guess you just put all this stuff. Someone, someone at work was like, oh, you just put all this stuff in and then it's good. It's good. It's super easy. Um, that's what, that's what I did. I measured the milk and warmed it in the microwave and then the flour and the sugar and the salt. Leveled the ingredients. Did the best I could. It said cut into four pieces. I already had the milk on in butter. there. So I don't know. I didn't put any butter in there. You didn't put any butter? It did not say on these instructions anything about <laughs> butter. It says butter right here, but it doesn't say like anything here so i didn't put any butter in there uh, i kept looking well, for it i was like sense. why why am i why am i not seeing this that bread was kind of bland and then, so that makes sense that, <laughs> that there was no butter in it i thought it was good the dogs thought it was good the dogs um, thought it was good it says make, yeah they're make, really specific on their taste make shallow well and center of dry ingredients i could not do that i was trying to like dig like a hole like i was <laughs> digging buried treasure and not just I was like, we're just gonna, however this yeast goes is how it's going to go. And I put it in there and I locked into the pan machine, push start, three hours, 40 minutes later last night. Because I was like, I didn't know what out. time I was going to be getting home today. And so I was like, we need bread. I don't want to burn the house down that's because I don't know how to use the bread machine. So I did, that's why I didn't do it this morning. I don't know why we haven't had you make bread before. It's so entertaining. <laughs> Uh, it turned out okay. It turned out okay. I get, it, it was good. I go, where's the bread? How did the bread turn out? And he goes, it's fine. I'm like, where is it? It's like in this tub. It looks like he's just hacked it up. And I'm like, what did you cut this with? And he just has this like regular, it's not a chef's knife, but it's definitely not a bread knife. <laughs> like, I can't imagine how much difficulty he had cutting up this bread. I'm just like, wow, this is, this is a lot of firsts right here. It's a good thing that nobody's actually checking into this podcast on, like, actual expert advice on how to make stuff. I feel like we're better known for, like, so we messed this up and here's how, you know? <laughs> like, or we did this and it didn't turn out too bad. <laughs> hey. I was watching a movie for another podcast last night when I was doing this bread. You know what we're going to have for that podcast? This bread. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come bread back? No, but I mean, I was making it while I was watching it, so it counts. It counts. I don't think it counts. It what movie were you watching? I'm doing Toy Soldiers with Sam Steen on Sunday. 
Is there not any food in there? There, well, there is like a um, like a mouthwash that in these dormitories um, we're using that has like all this vodka and peppermint schnapps in it, and I'm gonna get some copycat of that, but and the bread. I don't know why I'm like bringing up some other movie. I'm like, no, you can't put bread in a movie where it doesn't exist. <laughs> Oh man, I and like it, how you're like. Now I can do this for everything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just I'm gonna I'm gonna two for it with this bread. Two podcasts. <laughs> Get all the mileage out of it you can. Put some butter in it, okay? We also have olives, nuts, fruit bowl, and a small charcuterie oh, board that from Nadine. Delicious. I was hungry this there was morning. Some brie. <laughs> oh man, Mm-mm. that brie that brie was like I'd already eaten about a half a thing of gouda. Because I happened to pick that up when I was out of town. Got home. Got hungry. And I was like, I'll just have a little bit of this Gouda. And then I ate half of the round uh, before you even got here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. Oh, Um, the sugared, like, little, I don't know, were they pecans or something? Oh, I ate them all. What'd you say about it? They were delicious. No, you said, I want to bathe in this. Oh, I do want to bathe in (laughs) in that, like, sugar coating. I was just like, oh my god, I could eat these all day. I'm not even a sweets person, but... You know, so that's that's what my dinner has consisted of is like a half a round of gouda, um, a bunch of sugared nuts, uh, and like three grapes. <laughs> dinner of champions. Hey, um, it works. Really living my best life. Some bread with no butter. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about Greta Gerwig's Little Women, the 2019 film. According to IMDb, Joe March reflects back and forth on her life. Telling the beloved story of the March sisters, four young women, each determined to live life on her own terms. It's a good. I like. I like that description. I don't know. Like, yeah. Okay. I guess Beth is also like determined to live life on her own terms. Her, you know, her own terms were staying at home, playing the, having playing her family, family around. You know, her life was cut short, tragically short. But okay, I see that. I see that. So we're going to do first taste. First time you saw the movie, your relationship to it, and why is it a mac and cheese movie? And for this, I thought we also could talk about the book and other little women's out there because it's very much like Pride and Prejudice. It's like Batman. It's like, which one is your favorite? Which little women is your favorite? Nadine, you chose this movie. Um, which, which Is this your favorite little women, the 2019 version? I think I do like this one a lot just because you have this whole flashback and forth going in there which can or can't work for for storytelling and i think it works in there it kind of you keep having to kind of stop and think oh where where are we right now what time are we yeah yeah um and i feel like it really highlights the the role of the women and or the or the limitations of what they're kind of battling up against and i'm not sure if the other ones i don't know were as strong in that so I, I appreciate that a whole lot for us, especially this version. Agreed. Agreed. And you kind of see the consequences, the pros and cons of each of those decisions. Yes. You know, like for her sister getting married to a penniless tutor, like she's marrying for love. She made that decision, you know, like all those things. But then she's struggling with with some of the outcomes of that and how that affects her daily life, her pra- yeah. the practicalities. Um, you know, Beth staying home and then, um, trying to follow in her mother's footsteps and the dangers that that puts in her way. Um, Beth, well, no, that was Beth. Amy, you know, like she, she's, she seems the most whimsical kind of growing up childlike. Well, Um, she's the youngest one. So I think that's 
maybe that's why she comes across that way. Right. And then in the end, I mean, she's like the artistic one, you know, mm-hmm. but that she's then the one that goes with the rich aunt to actually work on, on the training and, or her artistic training. And really her whole goal was to marry rich. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, she maybe took that a step back, but that's, that's really what she tried to do. Yeah. She didn't marry the richest, no. but she did, but she, she did. did marry. Yes. It was very much a practical decision, yeah. uh, and that that like in itself that uh, that quote in this movie that wasn't actually supposed to be in there, and it was kind of a last minute thing um, on the actual like where she's talking about how it's an economic proposition. Uh, you talk about things. I'm going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> like we saw things. the we, we saw we saw this 2019 version. When it came out in the theater, we after we went to Pelican here in Wichita Falls, we went to see this, and I didn't really remember a whole lot about this movie. And I think the time jumps did kind of like mess with me because mm-hmm. Florence Florence Pugh is you know twenty seven, twenty eight, whatever she is. She's they don't have a different actress like with the seven years earlier, so right. you're kind of like I don't really get what's happening here, and I'm not picking up on that, but like. This this movie, I got so much more out of it. Like when we did the rewatch for this podcast, but like the '90s one, well, I saw it at Shannon's dad's house on Father's Day one year. Really? And, yeah. I don't remember this oh, at all. I do. I remember this vividly. Um, <laughs> this you know, is this not made shocking. an impression. It's, it's Scotty always has like a great story with lots of detail for all memories. I'm like, I don't remember. It's 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 Father's Day. Set the scene. We, we, we've been there a long time. You know, on a Sunday. Scotty thinks that a long time anywhere is like 30 minutes. He's like, we've been here forever. <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking about, oh, we're about to wrap up. About to wrap up. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to watch a movie. And like, I'm like, uh, well, maybe it's going to be something awesome. No. Uh, I want to watch Little Women. I've never seen it before. You know, the 1995 version mm-hmm. with Winona Ryder. So we as a family watched this movie. I'm sure my father fell asleep during the movie, too. <laughs> the movie that he dearly wanted to watch. He falls asleep a lot. I'm not into it. It's got one on a writer in it. I'm still not into it. It's got Christian Bale in it. Um, but, like, when I was watching it, my phone died. But, like, when I, the last thing I was Googling before it died was, like, Scarlet Fever. Because I was like, oh, my God. Is this something Is this I'm worried about? Do I worry about Scarlet? Because I feel like my sister... They thought she had scarlet fever in the 70s or something. And I was like, is this still like a thing? What are you doing? And they're like, oh, it's like an antibiotic treatment. Kind mm-hmm. of like, we'll knock it out now. So, but it's like, you see with Beth, it's like, oh my God. Oh my, and we're going to send Amy away, you know? Um, but I mean, like, that, the others don't get sent away because they had already had they it. Already they already had it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not everybody dies from scarlet fever, but I, I'm just imagining you just like watching your phone like, scarlet fever, is this something I need to be worried about? It's like, <laughs> and dies and, and, then, and then she dies and then she dies yes oh man yeah no that's is that is that like all of your little women memories um yeah I mean <laughs> I don't I'm yeah I thought yeah little women's like I like it I like this is like your Star Wars I think my Star Wars yeah you love it uh, I think I would say like Pride and Prejudice is probably like my Star Wars. Like you know, Little Women is pretty fantastic. I do love it. I've read the book many times, not super recently. Uh, obviously, seen all the movies. Although 1995, I guess I saw it on Father's Day. Uh, <laughs> you could don't not remember. 
Could not tell you a whole lot about that day. Definitely not as much as Scotty just told us. Uh, but I do remember loving this movie when it came out in the theaters in 19... Or 19. In 2019. Um, I think it's just got such a great cast. You know, it's got a it's a great story. It's wonderful, but so such a strong cast. Like I love pretty much every actor in this movie. You know, yeah. all of them. Um, and so just loved it. Really enjoyed the rewatch on it. Uh, the so the quote that I was thinking we were talking about we were talking about Amy. And um, you were t- you brought up how she's talking about the economic proposition, right? And she she has a big speech about marriage. It's not in the initial script, but it was suggested by like Meryl Streep, who plays her aunt. Yeah, the aunt. Mm-hmm. And after working and talking with the writer and director Greta Gerwig, Streep asserted that there need to be a moment in this movie that gave modern audiences that you know what we can't have bank accounts. I mean, like, yeah, do we do we have everything? No, is there a lot to get? Yes. Um, are we potentially losing some things right now? Sure. Um, but uh, modern audiences aren't really going to understand women in this era and why they're making the decisions that they are and why they have to. Um, so I wanted to give modern audiences the opportunity to understand the true powerlessness of women in that period. Not only could they not vote or work, but through marriage, they'd lose ownership of their money, property, and children. According to Florence Pugh, the lines were given to her a few minutes before they were due to shoot the scene, like handwritten on a piece of scrap paper. So I kind of love that. That's one of my favorite lines from this movie. Uh, And it's so impassioned and just very much like, no, you don't get to judge me for this. Like, this is very much, yes, it's a mercenary decision. It's really the only decision that we can make. In good conscience, you know, like, and we don't have control over really anything, even Mm -hmm. before or after this decision. But, like, at least this way, maybe our families can be kept in comfort. Maybe our children will be raised. You know, there are things that can come from this. Uh, And so I love that. One thing that I think about, like, we finished watching this movie, and I'm like, hey, Scotty, did you ever see that Friends episode where, like... (laughs) Rachel and Joey are they they get each other to read their favorite book and Rachel's favorite book is Little Women and Joey's favorite book is The Shining and uh and and she's just like The Shining and he's like Little Women and so they're like well you if you read this one I'll read this and like so Joey when he's scared reading The Shining he would put it in the freezer cuz I guess he thought it was going to protect him <laughs> So you see him and he's like, this Joe, you know, like she's, or he, he thinks Joe is a boy. Um, and, uh, like with Lori and they're like, no, Joe's a girl. And they're like, wow, this is, this is really modern. Like Joe's a girl with another girl. And they're like another girl. And he's like, Lori. And they're like, oh no, Lori's a boy. You know? And he's like, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Um, and then, then she kind of like ruins it for him and is like, Beth dies! And he's like, what? And Ross is like, you realize that you're ruining the only book he's ever read that isn't starring Jack Nicholson, you know? (laughs) Just like, he doesn't die. She doesn't die. He comes back in later and he's like, Beth is really sick! (laughs) And she's like, do you want to put it in the freezer? He's like, "Uh uh-huh. And so that, I love that. I love like seeing him read that book and it's touching. It's hilarious. But it's touching because it's just like when you are reading that, you are so emotionally attached. So emotionally attached to that book. I know I was. 
Um, and so I just run on with that. This wasn't really about the movie. This is mostly about, you know, friends and <laughs> in my memories. But, uh, but yeah, I read this book. I, I couldn't tell you how many times. It's just, it's wonderful. Wonderful to read and just a very comforting. It is, it's like a friend. I'm not going to put this book in the freezer. <laughs> is, the, is this book, is this movie a good adaptation of the book? I think so. Are most of the movies? I think so. I did not re- rewatch the other movies in preparation for this podcast. Or remember, or Father, remember Father's Day in watching 2014. Them, which <laughs> with my family. Don't have any memories of that whatsoever. Memory is not my strong suit. So, and I watched the play. That was one of my reference points. Is actually the stage production and. My memory from that is more coming away from it afterward and reading about Alcott and the making of the book or her writing the book and the circumstances around it, not so much what was going on on stage. So that to me is a kind of interesting too, but yeah. because that's what I remember more Those than are the anything things that we're drawn to. Yeah. You know, like what were the things that really pulled us in? Do you, do you remember anything in particular about um, that? She was basically forced to end the book, or I guess this particular one with Joe getting married, and that wasn't something. And the, this movie highlight highlights that. I don't know if the other ones do. That that wasn't her plan because that's really not where she wanted that character to go. And I don't and I. I don't know that it fits with the character. Mm-mm. Not necessarily. She's very strong-willed and very independent, and this is what I'm going to do. And I don't know that that, if that necessarily fits, but she was made to do that. So that's one of those things that I think just kind of has stuck with me. And you, and you were talking about the Kel daughter that's like yes. Joe. Are you talking about that? Like all, um, all? The Kells had seven children, six daughters, and all but, well, one of them did not get married. Five of them did, and the sixth one, uh, Willie Maykel, did not. She was the second oldest daughter. She was very independent, very independently minded, and just interested in doing lots of things on her own terms. Mm-hmm. And she never did get married. So, in a way, she reminds me a lot of, of, of Joe because she's decided to travel. She traveled far and wide, and this was... She was 21 in 1909. <clears throat> so... Um, if you think, you know, early, early 20th century, she traveled to, to Russia, to China, to uh, kind of all over the world, um, to France during World War One, um, and just did things, whether anybody approved of it or not. And part of what figures into this, too, is her family had money. The Kells, of course, did have money. Um, and her, you know, her dad allowed it. You know, he he paid for it. You know, I have uh, one of my docents like to say that likes to say that, uh, you know, she liked to do what she wanted to do uh, and with daddy's money and daddy allowed it. Um, He made sure that all of his daughters were educated. They all attended college, including Willie May. She um, graduated from the University of Texas in Austin. Um, But she was headstrong and you know, kind of did what she wanted to do. And I, I feel like that connects really well to the characters in the book too. Um, because in a way they have a lot of the same money constraints, um, or societal constraints, even though they of course had money that, you know, they had more opportunity with. Right. So, right. Where Joe in the movie, I mean, she had familial support, she did, but it, her family wasn't wealthy. No. Uh, we don't know how much, you know, how much, financial support she would have had starting out uh if any but right. so and she did support herself through her writing um 
But yeah, had a lot of those societal constraints placed upon her. And it took a very strong, and I'm sure it took a very strong will for Willie Mae to buck those societal expectations. Yeah. You know, because yeah, that's a very, a very small box that most women were expected to get into. It's like, these are the things that you were allowed to do. And right. there are very few of them. And um, most of them end up in getting married. <laughs> right, they did. Uh-huh. Yep. Even to the point that once you got married, you weren't allowed to work. You know, like you could work in these certain fields up to the point you got married. And then you weren't allowed to work anymore. Right. You know. Um, yeah. Greta Gerwig did the movie Lady Bird. And w- once that movie, you know, was like a little indie hit and everything, they're like, mm-hmm. well, what do you want to do next? And you, you kind of have the juice. And they... who's the star in Lady Bird? How do you say her name? We've practiced. Saoirse Ronan? Oh, you sounded so not confident. Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> Saoirse Ronan. Say it proud. Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> um, Hope we did but... right by you. <laughs> and, you know, she gets a chance to do this. And it's a $40 million movie, which is, they don't really make mid, mid-budget mid movies like that anymore. They used to, like, in the 90s and the 2000s. But they really will make something, like, real cheap, or they'll spend $200 million on something that they know is going to be worldwide, like, you know, like a Marvel movie or, like, Star Wars or Transformers or something. So to, to get the $40 million for this, and then you've got Meryl Streep in it. you got Florence mm-hmm. Pugh, Emma Watson, um... Sersha Ron- Ronan. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then even like Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper is an Oscar award winning actor. And you got um guy from Better Call Saul. And to be able to like make this film at the scale they did and then to be able to have it wide released is really just a huge thing. And in a movie that's about women that's predominantly women driven is, is like really kind of incredible that this even got made. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I was I was kind of wondering as you were saying that, I was going, was the other little woman also directed by a woman, you know? And and it was cuz I, I, I was say, thinking I, tell I, you. I I was thinking like uh I bet it was directed by a man because there are all these movies about women that are all still directed by men and you know how great is it that Greta Gerwig directed Who directed movie? the 90s one? Gillian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like the X Files person. It does. I don't. Like, I don't it's I probably don't, not. I don't it's think probably it's the not. Same one, but. It's probably not. But no, she's uh, born in 1950 in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Yeah, it's not. It's not it's her. Not. No. So anyway, I thought I was going to be able to add something like the last one yeah. was directed by a man. <laughs> nope. Yeah. And I didn't. But you know, now like, we know. Like Steel Magnolias is directed by a dude, and like he was like. A real dick on set to like Dolly Parton and like mm. Julia Roberts and everybody, and it's like all there's all this these is a story stories. of women, yeah. and it's directed by a man. That, and that's isn't a, that, that reminiscent that, that's a lot, of that's so a much lot in our how society? Goes. We're just gonna talk all over each other. <laughs> <laughs> Amy is burning the writing in this movie. That like. It gave me chills when I was watching it. When she, I was like, I'm sure this... Scotty was imagining me burning his writing. Just like that sounds like something Shannon would do. <laughs> it's not what I thought. <laughs> but I was like, until what... just now. <laughs> but it's like there's no saved copies of anything. There's no uh-huh. like, like cloud. There's nothing. It's like you just went into this girl's drawer and just burned this stuff while she was gone. I was like, 
That's unforgivable. Amy's unforgivable in this. <laughs> and then she does like adorable things like, I have lovely small feet, you know? And then she's like, I'm making a cast of my foot for for Lori. <laughs> so he can see how pretty my feet are. And, and, and then Amy gets to go to Europe. And that's supposed to be that's supposed to be Joe's trip to Europe with the aunt, and just like so. So, what do you think about that dynamic? With do you guys feel feel that like with like Amy kind of like is the villain here, or what do you I think? Don't, I don't think she's the villain. I think Joe was originally like yes, yeah, she's closer to her aunt because her aunt probably identifies with her more. You know, she's got that independent spirit. Mm-hmm. She's got that independent streak. Um, you want to help that person succeed because they are reminiscent of you, you know, <laughs> and we're all in- inherently selfish um, yes. and want ourselves to succeed in every, uh, but anyway, then, I mean, she does all these things. She cuts off her hair. She's really wild. She realizes like, okay, she's not going to make, make a good match. Like, what can she do? Like, what can she do to support her family? She's not going oh, well, if I take her to Paris, then she's going to be a much better writer and she'll be able to support her family into eternity. You know, like, basically you've got four girls, you know. What are their options? What are their options to further that family uh, when you're gone? Because she's really the mainstay. She's the one that supports them at this point when they need it. She's their safety net. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is going to have to be that safety net. And then I think she thinks the strength that Joe has is going to be that. But then she realizes maybe that wildness, that's going to be holding her back in society and all of those things. She's not going to be able to build this, the base that she's going to need to support the rest of the family. So, and she's looking at, you know, Beth, Beth staying home. She's very quiet. She's not going to venture out into the world. You've got, uh, who is it? Amy? No, not Amy. Who's, Who's a, the other Meg, one? Meg. 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 She's married a poor tutor, you know, like, um, so really it's just down to Amy. I think it was just, it was a practical decision. You know, Amy's, Amy's got the beauty. She's also maybe able to be molded more a little bit. She's younger. Um, she's going to be able to take that direction maybe a little bit more. Um, well, and I think Joe was very clear from the beginning is I am not getting married or I don't want to have anything to do with all of this. She fights that the whole way through. And even though, Amy comes across as pretty strong-willed. I don't remember getting that same resistance to that path out of her. She kind of decided, okay, this is what I have to do, so I am going to make it the best possible option and try to marry the best way, I guess, or the most advantageous economic way. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the Aunt, Aunt March, is that what was the Aunt character's March, name, yeah. is recognized that eventually she decided okay i'm done finding joe on this i I can see that hey the youngest one i think we can we can get somewhere with this somewhere with this yeah absolutely i think i think that's the same i think the same and i think it's interesting i mean she leaves the house to joe ultimately in the end she does so i do think that she feels that connection but you know maybe i mean we can pontificate on this all day long you know but i mean like what was she thinking what were her feelings you know but ultimately i think maybe she's thinking oh well her saying she's not going to maybe that's a young girl's game maybe that's just but then she's going to grow up and she's going to get with the program you know realizes yeah she's not (laughs) so plan b yeah Mm -hmm. 
Well, here's another interesting parallel: is the second eldest, Willie May, the second eldest Kell daughter, was also the one that ended up in the Kell house. She was the last lady of the house, and she lived there well all of her life from the time she moved in in '09 until 1980, and she lived with her sister at the end of her life, and she died. She was 90 or 91, um, but she died in the house. So that the house was that was where she was. So I just thought about that, and Joe gets that that wow. giant house that she inherits and turns into a school. Right. Um, well, because why would she? Right. What's she going to do with that giant house all by herself? <laughs> sell it, I guess. Yeah. That was one of the things she talked uh-huh. about. I guess sell it, but yeah. Yeah. So she's the one that ends up in the house. Yeah, but I mean, like women didn't really have a lot of educational opportunity, mm-hmm. particularly in that town, but just in general. Um, so I do. I like. I like how she she did further those those hopes and dreams for other, you know, for everybody else. For everybody yeah. else. So, and I admire that. I think a lot of times people, when they don't have opportunity, well, and I don't want to say particularly women, but it's like, well, I had to struggle. They should struggle too, you know? And I think it takes a very strong person to say, I, I had to struggle. I want to do something to make it to where the next generation isn't, isn't going to have right. to as much to achieve those same goals. Uh, and I think that's very admirable. So, I mean, who doesn't love Joe? She is yeah. just really just the most lovable character to me, just because she is incredibly loyal, steadfast, um, and will do anything for those that she loves. No. Uh, with no no fear of the repercussions. I mean, she cuts off her hair and then sobs about it later, but she's <laughs> like, well, these were... My mom needed to go to father to help him in the hospital. We don't have any money. How are we going to make this happen? You know? Well, the only thing I have to sell is my hair. So I'll do it. (laughs) Give everything. But, yeah. Greta, I thought it was interesting that her character... Saoirse? Saoirse. Saoirse. Yes. I was like, Scotty practiced it it more. So I think, yeah, he's definitely more confident. But Saoirse approached Greta Gerwig saying, I want to be Joe. You know, I'm going to be Joe in the movie. And she had just played Lady Bird, and she was like, well, I don't really want... And then she was like, you know, that's a very Joe thing to do. Joe would come up and be like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> so maybe she would be a good Joe. And I did. I think she was fantastic. She was, yeah. She was really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've got Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet, who was in Lady Bird. Yep. Um, every time I see him as Laurie, I do think about... I don't really want to participate in the economy. I just want to rely on trade. That's like what this is. It's like bougie nine, like 2000s. He's super wealthy in that movie. His parents are really wealthy. Yeah. I don't really want to participate in the economy. (laughs) What? It's ridiculous. Lady Bird, the one with the Catholic school or the church. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's like on the road. she, She comes back to it at the very end. Right. She's like on a road trip with her mom at the first. They're looking at schools. That's like her senior That's year. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wonderful. Love Lady Bird. Yep. All right. Remix the ingredients. Emma Stone was going to be in this movie instead of Emma Watson. It, Emma Watson was supposed to also be in La La Land and Emma Stone stepped into that. So. You know, one Emma, another... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that is interesting. I didn't know that about La La Land until, until we watched this movie. It's like, you know, she would have been good, but now I can't. I can't imagine Emma Stone Mm-mm. not being in La La Land. Not being in La La Land. Just like, I don't know. 
She probably would have been okay. But she's more fiery. I feel like she would almost be a, a better Joe than than uh, Meg in this movie. You know? That fire that but she's got. But if Saoirse's already in it. Saoirse's already in it. Yeah, so that's <laughs> not going to happen. But I'm just saying I can't really see her in that Meg role. But that's always a difficult thing. Trying to imagine somebody else in a character role that you already love. That you think they did a fantastic I'll, job. I'll tell you, I kept listening for her accent. Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I hear it? I, maybe in certain, I don't know, a couple of scenes here and there, maybe it kind of bled in a little bit. For the, but for the most part, I think you buy that she's American. Generally, those British and they, act- they do actors, really well with they, they, are, they are classically well-trained and, and Florence Pugh is from what Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, yep. yeah, that's a. And then Sersha is from Ireland. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, all that, of them. Yeah. Florence Pugh, she had just finished. Uh, what was it? Midsummer. Midsummer. That's a terrifying movie. Um, and, and I mean, that's that's it, it's talking about how anxiety ridden she was from filming that movie and how she came directly to this one and this oh. one's kind of almost a a break you know because <laughs> she does she gets to do things like make molds of her feet for Lori. you know <laughs> she's not like luring people uh like people aren't dying all around her that was a terrifying movie I have not is, is there any performer you'd like to see in little women that hasn't been in little women i mean i'm sure i don't know uh, who who is it that I always say I want to be in everything? James McAvoy. You want James McAvoy be, to be in Little Women? He could be. He could be in Little Women. He could be Laurie. He could be, be Joe. He could be Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be in everything. I mean, Aunt Marsh. Uh, you know, like maybe Judy Dench. Judy Dench would have been great. Oh, she would have been awesome. Um, hmm. Let's see. I don't know. What about you? Anything? I don't know. I was thinking about Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence is fantastic in everything. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, like, she probably would have been great as Meg. She would have been great as Joe. Would have been good. Really? And a lot of... She's pretty versatile. I think she's versatile. I don't know. Anybody that's I'm trying to think if you? there's anybody that stands out that I would sub in or would have been interesting to see. Yeah. Not off the top of my head. No. 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 I mean, and it's hard, like you said, it's hard to unsee mm-hmm. it. You, you yeah. now you have those faces that go with those characters, and then you go, yeah, that works. Uh-huh. So uh, unless there was something that you really hated about the movie, is there anything you really hated well, about the movie? Even if we hated it, we probably wouldn't be doing a podcast about it or discussing. <laughs> you know, like we wouldn't have made it this far. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's difficult. It's very difficult for me to sub in people, which is basically why I'm like James McAvoy could be in it. Done. <laughs> Okay. The doggy bag. What are you taking from from Little Women? I want to be like Joe. I basically want to live my whole life like Joe. You know? I have a lot more opportunities. Um, it's not quite as difficult as it's as it, it was for her. But I think I think that's that's the life lesson I'm taking home. Is that independence, that free spirit, that autonomy, like fighting for those things. I'm for it. I did get married to you, but <laughs> so I guess Joe and you're, I. You're are... like, you're, and I'm poor. You're like Meg. <laughs> you're a poor tutor. You're a teacher. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like Meg. Oh, I wanted to be like Joe. That's disappointing. <laughs> Pick the wrong one. 
Well, no, it's to me, it's more like you can see how far we've come, and like just to get that reminder that we talked about this when you started about, and I think about this too that women at that time couldn't enter into contracts; they were basically property once they got married. They didn't, they didn't have any rights, and a lot of things have changed since, well, the mid eighteen hundreds, and even since nineteen hundred. And I think sometimes we forget just that it wasn't always that quote unquote easy, I guess, like when we might have it today, like most of those opportunities, theoretically we have theoretically, everybody has, um, there's still a lot of underlying things that keep people from being able to do what, you know, maybe they want to do, um, even if it's not written in law. So there's still a lot, a lot that holds people back, but I think there's a lot that, that has changed a lot you know, that we've been able to do or that women can do now. And just, I think there's still a road ahead, but well, that's one of those things that really struck out to me. I think that brings the light to like the brittleness of those things and how easy, easily those things could be taken away. You know, we haven't yeah. had them for very long. You know, yeah. I mean, you're talking about even the 1900s. It's like, even like late 1900s, right. like, you know. I mean, you're, ta- you're talking about this Kel daughter dying in 1980. I was born in 1980. I mean, that's a not... Right, we we like to look at everything through our own lens, you know. Like, well, we all let do. me I mean, let that's me relate this to from. my life. She died in 1980. I was born in 1980. What a coincidence! I want to be Aunt Marge, <laughs> or is it Marsh? I think it's Marsh. It I think now we're like getting into Simpsons territory. Aunt Marge. I don't know. <laughs> I want to be independently wealthy. Can yeah. we do that? And just go to Europe, be on a little yeah. horse carriage. Exactly. So disappointing. <laughs> Not independently wealthy. Huh. Dang. However, we would we could like totally like sell our hair and cut all that off, and there would we wouldn't face a whole lot of repercussions for that. No, probably wouldn't solve. It is striking though. This gift of the Magi is one where the hair gets cut off. Lemiz is another one where she cuts off her hair and she knocks out her teeth. If you ever read it, but yeah. so you go back to what's the only thing that you have that you can actually turn into cash, mm-hmm. and the hair is one of them. Teeth is another one. Virtue. Virginity. Well, right, all of yeah. those things, and that's like, like you know, you're chopping off parts of your body to to exactly. be able to hey, pay the rent or pay for the carriage for mom to go see dad. So yeah, there's know. not a whole lot that it's a woman pretty, had it's pretty rough that that she could use to save herself or others, and uh, and those things couldn't be easily gotten back. No, the know? hair the hair grew back or grows but back, mean, it but took so, a while. But it takes a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that had to be. I don't know. I mean, Scotty, your hair's kind of long now. Was it easy? To grow it? Mm-hmm. Like, you, I feel like you, like, were way more particular on, like, so what are we going to do to, like, shape this up? You know? Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, it, 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 we... it took years. It took yeah. years to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, it's only, like, to your shoulders. Now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, these women, they grew up their whole lives. Oh, the whole life. Oh, the whole, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's just a few years for me. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, that was rough. Clear. That was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I had to change stylists in the middle of this. One wasn't able to do the job. And... He wouldn't let me cut his hair during COVID. Uh-uh. No. Is, is this where this came from? This is the COVID hair? No, no. the long hair. I was it growing it out like, like a few years before, and then like I didn't get it cut for a year. Because we were just like... I was cutting my own hair... He would not let me cut his hair. 
I still cut my own. I was like, you know what? Why? Why am I even going to go back to the stylist? It's fine. <laughs> I know you can't tell because it's up and everything, but it looks okay. <laughs> I'll take a word for it. <laughs> and it takes about five seconds, you know, and I don't have to go anywhere. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Learn something, huh? I know. But yeah, his, his hair vanity, turns out COVID taught us that uh, it's greater than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. Um, thank you for being on the show, Nadine. <laughs> on that note. We'll have to have you on again. Anytime you got something special at the Kell House Museum, we'll do another movie. Is there anything sure. going on with the Kell House this summer? Um, we are undergoing restoration as we speak. So this is something, well, it's been years coming, but the actual work started in November, December, probably really in earnest um the beginning of this year so if you ever go if you go by there currently you will notice that there's no columns that there's scaffolding that the windows look boarded up um so that's what's going on now we hope that it's going to be finished by about the fourth of july the porch will be done by fourth of july and we will have a big fourth of july celebration like we always do so come on down for that so it's free it is on the holiday itself i get this question when are you doing 4th of July? On, on the 4th of, of July. July. <laughs> so it will be that really morning. Easy, easy to remember. And yes. So that's kind of the big summer thing that we do. But um, there'll probably be smaller things in between here and there. So. Yeah, y'all just did a prohibition party. We did. That was that a lot was of fun. That like so much fun. Yeah. Absolutely. That went really well. Dinner so that was a lot of fun. Wine and just looked yes. like a blast. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Well, we are very excited for you and the renovations. Looking yeah, forward to seeing exciting. those completed. But also, like, the actual renovations themselves. That's an exciting time, you know? Yes. Even though it's like, okay, do I wish it was done already? Do I wish our columns were back? Yeah. It's They're still, coming back next week, I it's think. Exciting. <laughs> but it's exciting. But it's exciting. It's scary, but it's, it's really good to just see progress. I mean, that's... You talk about it for years. You raise money for years. And then you know, it's just like, is this ever going to happen? And so it's pretty exciting to actually see it happening. So that's, that's the really cool part. Absolutely. If you like this episode, you can listen to our episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. You can subscribe and leave us a review. You can also check us out on our website, Mac and Cheese Movies. I don't like fuss and feathers. Mac and Cheese out. <laughs>